Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. We can do. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, five minutes after five o'clock on a Monday morning. Well, as you might expect, we've got all the rundown on World Dairy Expo 2019. Boy, I'll tell you, probably one of the soggiest, coolest shows that we've seen in a while. We'll be talking about weather and what we've got ahead with Stu Muck in about 15 minutes. Former U.S. Ag Secretary, now CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, Tom Vilsack was in town last week. Had a great opportunity to visit with him on Friday. And you know what you may not believe? He is optimistic about the direction of the dairy industry. Now, granted, he admits that the current trade situation is challenging, but he is also very optimistic about what some of the trade agreements that we've already negotiated can bring for the U.S. dairy industry, specifically when it comes to cheese. Stick around. I had a conversation with him last week, and you'll hear it before 6 o'clock. Now, weather-wise, one of the best things that I can bring to you today is a drier weather forecast for this week. And boy, oh boy, we're going to have to string together a lot of dry days to get our fields back to where we're going to be able to use them. For today, it's going to stay cool, but it's going to be sunny and dry. 59 are expected high for today. Overnight lows down to 42. Sunny tomorrow and 62. Overnight lows down to 46. Wednesday, partly sunny and 64. Overnight lows down to 50 degrees. But then again on Thursday, another 70% chance of showers redeveloping by Thursday afternoon. And it sticks around through Friday. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. We'll talk with Stumach about what he sees in the weather. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Wisconsin's Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam at FabulousFarmBabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. There have been a lot of ideas for alternative agriculture in Wisconsin during the past 20, 30 years, and some of them have stuck with us, some of them haven't. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Alpacas are among those critters that we have in alternative agriculture that have stayed with us. Reba, there was a big day recently where alpacas are concerned. That's right, Scott. Pam recently was able to talk with Bud Seinhorst about the National Alpaca Days. And like you said, I don't think alpacas are something that a lot of people think about. But it's something that has been able to stick around and be that kind of different set within the agriculture industry. Alpacas. I bet you've seen them. Well, could have seen them at the county fair, could have seen them across a farm field in Wisconsin. They are a friendly little creature and getting a lot of attention during our Alpaca weekend across the state of Wisconsin. Bud Seinhorst is the executive director of the Alpaca Owners Association. And Bud, tell me a little bit about what seems to be so key as to why a lot of people turn to alpacas when it comes to maybe a starter project, maybe an enterprise. Well, I think uh, several things come to mind for for folks when they start to get involved with alpacas. 
Uh, first of all, um, they're, they're an animal that's pretty easy to manage and handle. Uh, you know, you get into some of the other livestock breeds and they're a little tougher uh, to handle and, you know, manage. Uh, the other thing is uh, they don't take up quite as much pasture space as some of the other livestock. So you can, you can fit a few more of the animals in a smaller space, mm-hmm. uh, which is very nice. And uh, they're, they're an animal that uh, most anybody can be around. It's, uh, it's pretty easy for people to be around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Now, for people that, ha- I'm sure that it happens, they get confused between alpacas and llamas. Maybe you better give us just a little bit of a rundown on some of the special features of alpacas, bud. Well, the, the the primary difference is they're both camelids, so they, they, they are cousins. So I can see why people kind of get them messed up. The, the difference is a llama gets a lot bigger. The llama will get a mature llama will get up upwards of 400 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. And the alpaca is going to be more in your 150 to 200 pound range at the on the high end, and so they're a lot smaller. Um, a llama is used uh, sometimes as a guard animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as a pack animal, whereas uh, the alpaca is raised for the fiber that it grows or the wool uh, mm-hmm. on its back, which then creates products like socks and sweaters and scarves and mm-hmm. rugs and yarn and all those types of things. Sure, sure. Now, what about the temperament? You mentioned alpaca is used as a, kind of a pack animal, uh, a little protector. What is their temperament like? How, they, how do they do with uh, young kids? The alpacas are great around young kids. In fact, they're very inquisitive animals, um, and they'll, they'll oftentimes they'll pay more attention to a kid than an adult uh, when a kid walks by because, you know, sometimes the kids are kind of more on their level, and, um, you know, the kids are maybe less intimidating than an adult. Um, so they're, they're a very gentle animal. Um, one of the interesting things about an alpaca is they have a bottom set of teeth and a pad on the top. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they don't have the double set of teeth, which is kind of nice. So, And they're not really one that's really going to come after you and bite you or, or any of those kind of things. Sure. So. What's uh, When people decide that they want to get involved in uh, raising alpacas, working with those animals, but tell me a little bit about uh, the different avenues they can go down. I mean, they're not just pets. Uh, they, they have, uh, there's breed stock value, for example. Absolutely. You know, and that's one of the first conversations I have with people when they say, hey, I want to get some alpacas. Okay, let's talk about what do you want to do. You know, do you want to just have some alpacas that you're just going to have out in your yard and they're going to be kind of quote-unquote lawnmowers and lawn ornaments, or are you wanting to get into the seed stock business where you're building, you know, you're breeding great seed stock, or are you wanting to produce, uh, just have alpacas so that you can use the fiber that you shear every year mm-hmm. and, you know, have yarn made or create your own yarn or, or what? And so there's a lot of different avenues that, that people can go. And so, you know, it's kind of what is right for the individual. Mm-hmm. At that point. So, and I think that's an important conversation to have with them is what, you know, what are your goals? 
uh, so that when they start looking for animals, they know the type of animal they want to get into and, and all of that, mm-hmm. which makes a big difference. Right, right. How has, and I say the market, how has al- alpaca pricing been going lately? But I know for a while there, there were certain breed lines that were exceptionally valuable, very expensive, tough to get your hands on. And then the markets, just like many, will fluctuate. Give me a little sense on how the alpaca market is going uh, for the breed characteristics and uh, and maybe just overall. Well, I think it's 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 come back. You know, after you know 2008, 2009, everybody kind of saw, um, regardless of what kind of financial investment you had, um, you know, we all saw those go down pretty drastically. And so, you know, when you're talking about that, we had a, a big steep decline. Um, over the course of about six or eight years. And so now we're starting to see the prices come back. You know, I, I attend auctions throughout the year in different parts of the country, and you're starting to see the average ticket or the average cost of an alpaca increase, uh, which is good, right? I mean, if you're if you're if you're seeing that that means people are you know there's a little bit of consumer confidence there and people are willing to spend the money and make the investment so we're seeing some really good good results um you know and it's you know, as fast as the market goes down, it never comes back that fast, right? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you know, four weeks when it going down takes about <laughs> four years. Four years to come back, right? Yeah, right. But but we're taking we're taking good incremental steps in my opinion um you know i'm glad that we didn't go from hundred thousand dollar animals to three thousand dollar animals to hundred and ten thousand you know that quick Mm -hmm. and so they're they're gradually coming back and i think which is positioning from a market perspective to me putting us in a lot better spot you bet you bet have you guys ever estimated i mean how many how many members or owners do you guys have that are represented by the alpaca owners association we have um, we have over twenty three or twenty four hundred active members right now. Um, those are people across the country, um, but there's thousands of other people that own alpacas that aren't member of the association because you know they might have just what are called a couple of quote unquote pet alpacas, mm-hmm. and so there's they're they're just not as engaged in the industry and not not as involved. So. I think we have upwards of 10,000 people around the country that own alpacas. What kinds of tips? Now, this, uh, the reason we're having this conversation is alpaca owners have been inviting people out to their farms for the weekend just to get a little bit of an up-close look at these uh, animals. What do, kind of advice do you give to people? You mentioned about, okay, let's get an idea on what you really want to accomplish with this. But what are some of the other things that people need to know if they think alpacas are going to be their fit? Well, I think... Um, you know, with any investment, you've got to make good, smart decisions and, and do your homework. And so the Open Farm Days, the National Alpaca Farm Days that's coming up, is a great opportunity to go out and visit farms in your area. Um, you know, I think the greatest promoters of our industry are our local farms, and they do a great job. And, you know, you've got to understand where am I going to put them? You know, that's kind of the first question, right? <laughs> Do I have a space to put my animals if I purchase them? Mm-hmm. 
And then it's about how am I going to feed them? What's, you know, I probably need some, you know, I think you're from Wisconsin. I'm from Nebraska. Sometimes it gets a little chilly in the winter. Sometimes we get a little bit of snow. And so you want to have some kind of protection for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you going to, where are you going to get all the hay that you need? Do you have enough hay and pasture and supplements to be able to feed them for the year? If not, how are you going to feed them? Right. Um, you know, and, and all those kind of things I think are, are really important conversations because until you put the pen to paper and say, right. okay, well, I got this alpaca, but, you know, I paid X for it, but mm-hmm. then I didn't realize I was going to have to spend Y through triple Z, yeah. <laughs> right. you know, getting right. into it. So the farm day is a really great opportunity for people to come and get to know the animals, uh, understand their demeanor, but, but also to learn about what it means to be an alpaca farmer and, you know, what tools do they need to be successful. Bud Seinhorst, he's the executive director of the Alpaca Owners Association. They just wrapped up their National Alpaca Farm Days. But if you're still curious about those animals, want to find an alpaca owner near you, it's easy enough to do. All you have to do is jump online, alpacafarmdays.com. You get a chance to search for alpaca farms near you and learn a little bit more about raising and breeding alpacas. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. It's open house time here at the Princeton Clubs. Hi, this is Dave Gary, and I'd like to personally invite you to our open house, taking place this month at all our Princeton Club locations. We all know that exercise improves the quality of our life and makes a big impact on how we feel. Listen to Michelle's recent experience. I came to Princeton Club actually to kind of find myself again, get my body back after having two kids. It was a struggle to find motivation to come because I was very self-conscious. I would just tell myself, I'm only going to stay 10 minutes. And then I realized before I knew it, the class was done and I felt better than I had ever felt in so long. I'm here to prolong my life, to be happier. I'm happier when I'm fit. It's time to find your fit and write your success story. Get access to all our world-class facilities, try a class, swim in our pools, or just relax in the spa. Come on in. Go ahead. Get started today. Our open house event is going on now. To hear the rest of Michelle's story, go to PrincetonClub.net. Welcome to the Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the community with two Senex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering Vita Plus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. Visit us on Pleasant View Road or University Avenue in Middleton or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center in Middleton and check out our expanded selection of rental equipment. Aerators, stump grinders, edgers, and much, much more for your lawn and home fall projects. Check out our rentals on our website, middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Killing every inch of land in the state, except Lambeau Field. There's consecrated ground. Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. 520 now on a Monday morning in time to talk weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. Well, buddy, I'll tell you, we got any number of weather stories last week during World Dairy Expo. Talked with a farmer from Virginia. She said it's so dry out there, they're not going to attempt 
to plant any cover crops because the seed won't have any moisture to catch. Then I talked to farmers and farm broadcasters from Nebraska, South Dakota, and they're really worried about ever getting anything harvested because of all the water there. The good news for our Wisconsin folks, despite all the rain last week, it looks like we've got some dry weather for the next couple of days if we can get something done. You are right, Pam. If we get something done, after all, we've had all of that rain, five to six inches in my neighborhood is what I hear. And yes, it did stay dry. We had sunshine yesterday. I expect several more sunny days, but we're not drying out that quickly. You know, we're at that time of the year, the sun's energy isn't as strong. It doesn't really bake that moisture out of the topsoil, and we aren't seeing a long enough daylight to really make a big difference. The breeziness we had around yesterday, at least on through the morning, definitely a benefit. Hopefully we can keep a little more breeze around. Maybe not as great of a threat the next couple of days, but that's what really helps things to dry out. So a big cold front did move through over the weekend. High pressure is what's in store now, and that's why for today, tomorrow, Wednesday, there'll be sunny skies. It's going to be great. Temperatures heading back to or a little above normal. Remember those low 60s are normal right now. We'll be in that neighborhood today, probably there and above as we move on toward Tuesday, Wednesday, even into the day Thursday. That's all fantastic. It's awesome autumn weather and is going to help us feel a lot better about what's going on. But the drying, probably not as quickly as we need it to come with our saturated soils that are in place. So high pressure for a couple of days here yet going to make it really great. A cold front begins to drop in out of the northwest. I expect it to have some influence, oh, about uh, late Thursday. Thursday, midday afternoon of Thursday, when showers or even some thunderstorms become the possibility. A bigger factor as that cold front drops through out of the northwest is that a whole lot cooler air starts settling in. We stay a lot cooler in the 50s on Friday, maybe even only 40s for highs on Saturday. That's not going to help out our drying cause either. As soon as it cools down and we don't have all that much sunshine, of course, the length of day sunshine, we just aren't going to see the drying. We really do need to see. There's a whole lot of moisture needs to be dried up, and although sunny and pretty comfortable weather will be in store, the drying is going to be pretty slow to try and settle on in. I won't be slow, but I'll take a break. I'll have our forecast details right after this. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. As proud partners of the pork industry, we're here for you and join you in celebrating National Pork Month in October. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Reclaim water from cow manure? Wisconsin-based Aqua Innovations proprietary nutrient concentration system delivers pathogen-free organic fertilizer, fewer trucks on the road, and a balance between growth and the environment. Aqua Innovations, here for good. And by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, so it sounds really fantastic. We'll have sunny skies around today. Call it mostly sunny, if you will. Low 60s, could be a mid-60 at La Crosse. Not a bad day with the west and even southwest breezes about 5 to 10. 
More wind would definitely help to dry things up. Always stay clear overnight, falling back down toward the lower 40s as winds become south then only about 5 in the nighttime. So that dew kind of hangs on into Wednesday or into Tuesday, excuse me, sunny skies and about 65. South winds will be around 5 to 15. Sunny Wednesday as well. Upper 60s at that point, south winds at 5 to 10, but then midday or into Thursday afternoon, showers could be some thunderstorm development, still in the mid-60s Thursday, but 50s with that rain trying to build on in for Friday. So the temperatures, while they are going to be nice over the next several days, aren't going to make that major difference to really help dry things out. We need more wind, we need more sunshine, but let's take what we get. Not saying it's not a good thing. It certainly is wonderful to have a break of a few days where we don't have to talk about an imminent threat of rain and unfortunately like it's been inches and inches of rain so a little drier pan let's hope we can put it to good use but of course that drying still kind of hard to come by very good we'll take that thanks to stumacher ag meteorologist with a little good news as far as the outlook for dry weather at least for the front part of this week coming up after 5 30 former u.s ag secretary now ceo of the u.s dairy export council that's Tom Vilsack. He was at World Dairy Expo on Friday, and despite the overall economics in dairy right now, he said that he's got a lot of reasons to believe that the future is going to get brighter, and it could get brighter fairly quickly. We're going to visit with U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack coming up after 5.30. It's 5.25. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Chances are you already know there are lots of good reasons to shop at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. The name brand products, big selection, and our knowledgeable associates. And with our Blaine's Best Price Promise, you'll get the lowest price guaranteed or we'll match it. Stock up on 50-pound bags of Neutrina Safe Choice Original or Senior Horse Feed, now $2 off. Give your calves the nutrition they need with AgriMaster 2020 Medicated Super Supreme Milk Replacer, a 50-pound bag, just $68.99. And if you are a rewards customer, you pay $66.99. Get rid of mice this fall with rodent control products from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, like Just One Bite Bars from Farnham, eight 16-ounce bars, only $28.99. And when you buy select eight- or nine-pound bait from Matomco, get a free rodent station valued at $9.99. Save on the brands you love, and now with Blaine's Loyalty Rewards Program, earn points and save even more. Join Blaine's Rewards today and take advantage of member rewards pricing, special offers and savings, and member-only events. Find values like these and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, 
diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Selecting the right alfalfa variety is more commitment than choice. I'm Shannon Latham, and because alfalfa has a long-term impact on your bottom line, Latham alfalfa products are uniquely built for greater yield potential, pest resistance, and unmatched forage quality. All to give growers options that thrive in local growing conditions, whether you produce cash hay or feed on farm. Commit to success in your alfalfa fields. Talk to your local Latham sales rep, see us at LathamSeeds.com, or call 877-GO-LATHAM. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Are you ready to power your appliances and heat your home with clean, efficient FS propane? Work with Insight FS, a company that lives and works in the same community you do. They'll check your system to help make sure it's safe and efficient. Call them about their convenient contracting or budget billing programs. When it comes to the safety and comfort of your family, you can trust Insight FS. Visit InsightFS.com to schedule an appointment today. Kent State, RJ, two and two. Um, they, you know, they, they get to be the sacrificial lamb for, for three big dogs: Arizona State, Auburn, and now Wisconsin. Well, that's three million dollars, uh, right? They've had a nice uh, <laughs> Kennesaw State. Yeah, they won uh, in a twenty-six twenty-three thriller. And I think Kennesaw and, State put and, up some rushing numbers against them. And and how bad is Bowling Green? By the way, Bowling Green is a forty-nine point underdog tomorrow against Notre Dame. Uh, Kent State beat. Bowling Green last week, Notre Dame sixty-two great, by the way to twenty. So what? I mean, look, Wisconsin's a thirty-seven point favorite, RJ. But can you take anything from Kent State's results going into this game tomorrow? Sure, just I'd say look at their Power Five conference uh, matchups that they've played so far this year. Um, you had Eno Benjamin from ASU, who's got a total of three hundred ninety-two yards on the year, hundred and two of them. Uh, so I mean, they're pretty much. He's averaging about 100 a game so far. 
Um, and, and then the rest of Arizona State really didn't do much. Uh, you look at Auburn, who has a, a nice stable of running backs, not like the greatest, but nice. I mean, they had three guys put up 100 plus yards on Kent State when they played um, uh, Whitlow, 135 yards, two touchdowns. A uh, guy named Joey Gatewood, who has now a total of 122 yards on the year. Look out. 102 oh, of them. You got to watch Kent Gatewood. And then against Kent State. Shivers, who's got 144 total yards, 102 Ooh, came against Kent makes State. Makes me shiver. Um, it's, you look at the numbers here, um, Kent State's defense, I mean, their best part of their defense is their passing defense. Uh, they only allow 210.3 yards per game passing, uh, 261 yards total in in rushing. That is dead last. In college football, at 130th in the in the NCAA, um, and points allowed is 32. You're in the bottom third there as well. Um, it defensively, I'm just not sure how they will last with Wisconsin. Uh, as you look at that offensive matchup, especially with the way Wisconsin can run, and this team is a three-four defense uh, in Kent State. And I'm not sure what they'll have in terms of being able to stack the box against the hippo package, against uh, a regular package with a fullback and a tight end in there. So um, it could be oh, wow, could be a okay. good day. Yeah, could be a You're good day excited. for Jonathan Taylor. Excited. And you know, yesterday uh, when I got home, I kind of looked at the NCAA all-time leading rusher list. And with a decent day, he could pass some good names coming up here. Uh, in in uh, he's number forty two right now on the uh, the list with thirty nine yards tomorrow. He'll pass Nick Chubb. Uh, Fifty yards tomorrow. He'll pass Mike Rozier. Uh, Eighty yards tomorrow. He'll pass Marcus Allen. He was good. Uh, One hundred and seventeen yards. He'll pass Thurman Thomas. Ooh wee. And, you know, you're pushing it because at some point you're going to take him out of the game if he's having good numbers-wise. 157 yards, he'll pass uh, Michigan State's Lorenzo White. Um, so, you know, it's, he's got some good names that are uh, ahead of him here, and that would put him at uh, number 33 all-time. So he's just passing some good ones. And then in the next couple of games, if you want to look ahead to Michigan State too, uh, Melvin Gordon. He's 158 yards away from Melvin Gordon, uh, 196 yards away from Ray Rice, and 211 yards uh, away from Michael Turner. Uh, you remember that guy? Oh yeah. He used to play for Northern Illinois Northern back in Illinois. the day. And, Little guy. Yeah. Tiny had, guy. Had a had a decent NFL career. So, um, yeah, he's he's getting ready to cross off some impressive names off of a list if he has a good day. And who knows if he's having a good enough day? Do you keep him in there to try to get the single game rushing record? back to Wisconsin after yeah. it was taken away a week later. Even though, you know, you're in the third quarter with 408. Why not, There's, RJ? Most people it. thought you'd keep a guy in there, but you know what? No, I have some questions for the offense. Are you sticking around for Well, a I was going to say, before we ask another question, are you Mr. Two Segments? because yeah, I have some questions. Yeah. I don't want to affect you. you don't have to get, like, you're study, getting straight you? A's. I don't <laughs> you don't have to go study or nothing, do you? It's not, this wanna, show isn't that important. The, the show's important, RJ, but it's not more <laughs> important than your grades. Higher education always takes precedent. I'm here for you. All right, go ahead, Evo. Oh, I was going to wait for the next segment. Oh, do you want to, you want to do a mis- Okay. I was, I was teasing it. Oh, beautiful. 
This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 535 now on a Monday morning. Some interesting items to note on this date, October 7th. Back in 1774, Wisconsin became a part of Quebec, Canada. Britain passed the Quebec Act, and that made Wisconsin a part of that Canadian province. I did not even know that. On this date, back in 2001, the war in Afghanistan began. On this date in 1996, Fox News broadcast for the first time and became the first 24-hour news channel with that slogan, Fair and Balanced. And on this date, back in 1959, People on Earth got their first glimpse of the dark side of the moon. And now you know. I'm P.M. Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. Boy, everybody at World Dairy Expo last week, and no matter where you go in agriculture circles, talking about the weather. All the wet weather we picked up in Wisconsin is mimicked all across the upper Midwest. You probably saw some of the photos of all the snow that places like Montana had to deal with. Well, flooding is definitely on the minds of a lot of farmers that are thinking about the rest of the harvest. That includes Bryce Anderson. He's the senior ag meteorologist with DTN. One of the areas that's still struggling with flooding is Nebraska. That happens to be where Bryce Anderson lives, and he's seeing the damage done firsthand. I've seen it. You know, we've had very heavy rains in parts of the Central Plains and the Western Midwest during the last few days. And so that has uh, kept things very wet. There has been more flooding. And that's just an issue that we've had going back to the bomb cyclone back in March. And things have not really changed very much ever since. And so, yeah, there's flood problems that are going to have to be worked around during harvest. We've got a slow harvest. There's no doubt about it. Bryce Anderson, he's a senior meteorologist with DTN. He says the flooding is popping up in a lot of the same states that were affected by heavy rains this spring. Iowa has been affected as well. Southern Minnesota has been. Southeastern and eastern South Dakota. Northwestern Missouri, there are some acreages in northwestern Missouri, southwestern Iowa that are just completely gone this year, prevented planting. Northeastern Kansas has been affected as well. And so there's a pretty good-sized area of the western Corn belt that's been hit with this latest round of flooding. Bryce Anderson says the peak levels of flooding have probably passed in most areas, but there's still way too much water out there inundating farm country. Well, as far as the maximum, it may have run its course as far as the maximum is concerned, but we've got a lot of river valleys, river basins in the north central part of the U.S. that are bank full and there's a high likelihood that flooding is going to uh, stay around going deep into the fall season and there's a very high probability that because there is so much of the northern and western corn belt that is uh, full up on the soil moisture profile that flooding is going to be a threat when we go into spring of 2020. Again, this is Bryce Anderson. He's a senior ag meteorologist with DTN. He says a lot of this precipitation this winter could mean challenges again for next spring. There are kind of five factors that go into flooding, and one of them is a full soil moisture profile, and we've got that. So it's not going to take very much in the way of wintertime precipitation to kick things off when we get into the end of the winter and springtime. And so this is a real big concern as we think about next year. Bryce Anderson, senior ag meteorologist with DTN.
Is that weather influencing our markets? We'll take a look at the numbers in just a moment. And former U.S. Ag Secretary, now CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, Tom Vilsack, was at World Dairy Expo on Friday. Got a chance to sit down and talk with him about why he is overall optimistic about the dairy sector in the long term. He'll explain his rationale in a minute. Okay, we're getting ready to put one set of equipment away, bring the other one out. Are they both healthy? Fabulous Farm Beat Pam Yankee here from my buddies at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City. You know where they are, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. And that's a good thing, because this is the time of the year when we're getting ready to put the lawnmowers away, bring out all the snow equipment, right? Are they both healthy? The reason I ask is because McFarland's can take care of both when it comes to maintenance. It's not too early to think about your snowblower, a tune-up, a new battery, maybe a starter, whatever you need. It sounds like another polar vortex coming. Be prepared. Okay, so you're putting the lawnmower away. It did its job this year, but are you starting to notice things? When's the last time the oil was changed or the belts were replaced? See, McFarland's can take care of both those machines all under one roof. So whether it's one more round of lawn mowing or whether you want to be ready for the first snow, check in with my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. I got 5.40 on the clock this Monday morning. Well, the markets on Friday were paying attention to some new reports out that show the United States trade deficit with China is as small as it's been in the past few months. Our exports hit a five-month high, which they say has only been possible because the two sides, both China and the United States, keep trying to resolve their trade war differences. The data released by the Commerce Department showed the trade gap shrank to a seasonally adjusted $28.9 billion. Exports increased by $10 billion, while imports dropped slightly to 38.9. So obviously still big numbers, but that did show a little bit of improvement. Now, the markets on Friday, despite the fact that corn actually finished lower for the week, we were up almost 4% overall. December corn closed four cents lower at 384 and three quarters. November soybeans were actually up four and a half. We gained almost 4% on our bean prices last week. November settled at 916 and a quarter. December wheat was up a penny and three quarters, 490 and a half. July new crop wheat, that finished three quarters of a cent higher on Friday, 507 a bushel. Barrel cheese on Friday gained two cents at 179. 40 pound block cheese, that dropped two and three quarter cents at 199 and a quarter. Double A butter, that finished unchanged, 218 and a half. The fluid milk contracts definitely took a shot. November milk finished the week down 33 cents at 1804 100 weight. December was down 26 at 1737. January milk down 19 at 1683 100 weight. You know, despite those negative numbers, Former U.S. Ag Secretary, now CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, Tom Vilsack, is very optimistic about dairy and its long-term future. It doesn't really hinge on what's happening with trade disputes, but it does hinge on new product development and how desire for dairy around the world is going up. I had a chance to sit down and visit with him on this subject Friday at World Dairy Expo. That conversation coming your way next on a Monday morning. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years in 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 Years of Hindsight for 80 Minutes of Your Time. 
We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Madison Area Crime Stoppers needs your help. We are seeing an increase in burglaries, theft from autos, and vehicle thefts all around Dane County. The burglary trends include items taken from open garages while people are working in the yard or inside the house, homes being entered through an unlocked door while residents are home or away, home video cameras show suspects checking common locations in which keys are placed, like top of door frames, under rocks, or doormats, entry into underground parking facilities to target cars or storage units. The theft from auto trends include unlocked vehicles being rifled through and items taken, locked vehicles having car windows smashed out to take items of value that are in plain view. The vehicle theft trends include vehicles are stolen when keys are left inside the car. When entry is made to the home, the burglars take keys and steal the car. Consider locking up to prevent these crimes of opportunity and look out for your neighbors. And remember, if you see activity that seems suspicious, report your observations to Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. If the incidents are occurring now, call 911. If you've ever driven a tractor, you're her friend. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Coming up on 545 this Monday morning, hopefully a Monday that's going to start off dry for a change. The weather forecast calling for dry weather today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. But we will have more rain coming back around in the forecast, I'm afraid, before the end of this week. Well, rain was definitely a part of World Dairy Expo 2019, but it did not deter the enthusiasm for the genetics at the center of the ring. Congratulations to Ken Main and Kenny Joe Mannion from Kopaki, New York. Cutting Edge T. Delilah, a beautiful brown Swiss cow, took home the title of Supreme Champion Saturday afternoon in the big ring for a second year in a row. That's only the second brown Swiss in World Dairy Expo history to ever claim back-to-back World Dairy Expo Supreme Champion titles. Taking the title of Reserve Supreme Champion, was the grand champion of the International Airshire Show, De La Plain Bingo Stinger, owned by Blue Spruce Farm of Bridport, Vermont. Milk Source Thunder Red E.T., owned by Molly Olstad and Tristan Ostrom from Stoughton, was named the Supreme Champion of the Heifer Show. And congratulations to the Reserve Supreme Champion of the Heifer Show. That was Wincroft Dream Irreplaceable West Coast Holsteins out of Chilliwack, British Columbia. I know those folks, as a matter of fact. So congratulations to all of those uh, folks that were at World Dairy Expo. One of the people we caught up with at World Dairy Expo, former U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Bilsack, who is now CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. He made a presentation to anxious dairy farmers during World Dairy Expo about what he sees the future of the dairy industry looking like, not necessarily on the farm, but from a consumption standpoint, Vilsack cited 10 different reasons why he's optimistic on where dairy's going around the world. Well, it starts with the fact we have a Japanese agreement that puts us on par with our European and New Zealand competitors in Japan. And that's obviously really good news, particularly on the cheese side. We think we have an opportunity to double cheese sales, maybe triple the value of cheese that is being sold in that Japanese market. It's a market that's going to continue to grow. 
We anticipate and expect it's going to grow at 4% a year for the next 10 years. So this is a real good opportunity. Otherwise, we would have been at a severe disadvantage. The tariff differential between us and our competitors would have been so that it would have been harder and harder for us to sell cheese. It also helps us restore parity in terms of the powder market, where we have been losing a little bit ground because our competitors have tariff-free access to that market. We're now going to be on parity with them there. So uh, good news. Uh, that's number one. Number two, the China. Uh, the fact that they are now lowering the tariff on, on permeate whey protein gives us an opportunity to reintroduce ourselves at least to a, a certain amount of that market. Indonesia. Uh, you wouldn't think of that uh, normally, but the fact is they're a little bit irritated with the EU, and they're now directing their importers to consider buying from U.S. dairy. Um, the USMCA ratification hopefully uh, takes place in the next couple of months, opens up that Canadian market, uh, preserves that Mexican market uh, as well. Uh, opportunities for us to grow in Chile uh, and South America. We now have a permanent uh, location down there that we didn't have before because we have resources uh, under the trade assistance program. Uh, new opportunities in Mexico with Costco, uh, a new retail program in, in Mexico, a, a new retail program in, in, in South Korea, and then we're opening up a center for dairy excellence in Southeast uh, Asia, all of which I think suggests, uh, along with our pop-up stores in the Middle East and North Africa, that we have expanded promotions, more partnerships, more activity, and now a permanent uh, physical presence in that Southeast Asian market. You have made the point in the past on the quality of the dairy products, our sanitation system. It's something we take for granted, but when you travel around the world, that is something that acts like a magnet for a lot of those retailers and consumers. It is. You know, historically we've said, look, we got a safe product, we have a nutritious product, yeah. we have an ample product. Now we can add an additional uh, marketing opportunity to us by talking about the sustainability practices of U.S. dairy. Uh, only dairy industry in the world that has an internationally certified animal welfare standard. Uh, along with our Canadian friends, they were the only dairy producers that can say over the last few years we've actually reduced greenhouse gas emissions connected with the production of milk. Everybody else has increased their emissions at a time when people were pretty sensitive about that. So it's an opportunity for us to educate a global marketplace about what U.S. producers are doing to be more sustainable and to separate ourselves from our competition. And I will tell you, it's something that remarkably is of great interest in those global markets. You know, we talk about how trade... It makes a headline, but it doesn't move the markets. It's these kinds of tangibles, the deliverables, that keep moving the market. What else do you see as far as product development, Secretary Vilsack, things that you have are privy to, uh, they show you first before they even take it to the market? What gets you excited about what's coming down the road? Well, there are so many ways in which you can use cheese. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a lot of work now done with uh, cheese and chicken, uh, which I hadn't really thought much about. <laughs> Uh, essentially trying to replicate what we did with uh, pizza. Oh, yeah. uh, there are obviously uh, also additional opportunities on the pizza side. Right. You know, multiple cheese uh, pizzas, four cheese, five cheese, seven mm -hmm. cheese pizzas. Uh, and the world is really embracing this. And so it's, it's an opportunity for us to, not only to, to show the functionality and versatility of cheese, but then you get on the ingredient side, you get into health and wellness. You get into gels, bars, uh, drinks that people mm -hmm. are, are using after a workout. Uh, and we basically can make the case that no matter what age you are, no matter what circumstance you may have, there is an opportunity for dairy to help you be healthy. Tom Vilsack, former U.S. Ag Secretary, now CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. He also made mention of a new dairy research center that they are planning to build, operate, and fund in Singapore and why ventures like that may become very critical in world partnerships and market development for the future. Well, we want to send the message that we're in that export market uh, for 
for good, and we're in that export market to compete to win. So we want a physical presence that allows us to tell the U.S. dairy story of sustainability every single time someone walks through the door. We want uh, full-time staff working every single day, 24-7, branding U.S. dairy and selling U.S. dairy. We want a test kitchen and sensory panels to be able to showcase the functionality and versatility of U.S. dairy products, a place where people can congregate and meet and learn more about U.S. dairy. In a place, Singapore, which is the innovation hub of Southeast Asia as far as food is concerned, uh, opportunity for us to, to basically connect with all of those Southeast Asian countries and eventually to expand into uh, North Asia. Uh, if this works, as we think it will, and we believe it could increase sales by as much as $180 million, if we see that kind of increase, then we know that that kind of presence in other markets may be important to establish. So we may look at something in the Middle East. We may look at something in North Asia. We may look at something in South America. Are you going to be able to keep your resources coming to do those kinds of projects? Well, that's a challenge. I mean, obviously our funders, uh, primarily the state and regional uh, dairy organizations, have to make a decision at the end of three years. They made a three-year commitment. They've got to make a decision whether or not they've sent enough value. Uh, what we're telling folks now is we started this process with three goals. We want to increase volume, we want to increase value, and we want to increase the percentage of exports uh, or of uh, production going into export. In 2017, we increased value, increased volume, increased percentage. In 2018, increased volume, increased value, increased percentage over what, what they were in 2016. As we are in 2019, we are continuing to do better on vo- on volume not as much or not as better as 2018 but to continue to do better in 16 on value we are 900 million dollars ahead of where we were in 2016 oh. so nearly uh, at the end of the year nearly a billion dollars of additional sales yeah. as a result of, of the actions of a lot of folks mm-hmm. but uh, that's a good number and we want to see obviously a continuation of that it's being driven by the fact that we're selling more high value added yeah. cheeses more high valued uh, ingredients I got a little off topic or side topic. You talked about Africa. I'll get to that too. African swine fever. When you were wearing the big shoes at USDA and this kind of a situation started to percolate across your desk, give me a sense of what happens to keep our producers here in the U.S. and our markets uh, unaffected and unthreatened by that. Well, you begin to make sure that the process by which any opportunity for that to inject itself into the country is stopped at the border. Uh, so it increases vigilance in terms of inspections, increases uh, concerns about not just hogs, but any, yeah. any aspect of hog coming in in some way, shape, or form into this country. So you take steps to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, we don't want to see it come to the United States, right. that's for sure. We'd like, you know, we don't want to see it in anywhere, frankly. Um, and we also tell our universities to continue looking at ways in which we can figure out how to deal with this uh, if, it, if and when it does occur. One of the challenges I think we face in agriculture generally that this issue raises is do we have an awareness of all of the potential challenges to the health of our livestock, to, to our dairy cows, to, to our hogs? Do, do we have, if we do know what would work, a vaccine, do we have enough stockpiled that if it does in fact occur, do we have the lab facilities that will allow us to identify it as quickly as possible? We learned a lot from the avian influenza yeah. uh, epidemic a couple of years ago that we needed to have more labs. We needed to be able to make a more quick determination. We needed more uh, quickly to detect these issues so that we can contain. We needed to have quarantine rules that were enforced and that were understood at the local level. We need to have places to dispose animals if, yeah. in fact, we get hit uh, with something. So. Uh, the, 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 a lot of thought has to go into this, and I'm sure that the folks at USDA have been giving it a lot of thought. 
Nice conversation with a nice guy. His name, Tom Vilsack, former U.S. Ag Secretary, now CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. Uh, Like I've told many people, I do not like politics myself, but I very much like people. 